0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm so glad that you can join us today. We have a beautiful day here in Colorado. I'm glad that you're tuned in to uh, this program, Calvary Live. I believe that the Lord really wants to bless this next hour, encourage, uh, give words of hope, of truth, you as you're tuned in to today's program. I will be your host for this hour. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm here to take your questions. I'm here to take your prayer requests. I'm here to just uh, listen and to encourage and to bless in any way that I can as you're tuned in to Calvary Live. So you just heard the number. We invite you to call in. The call-in number is 303- 690-3000, 690 grab one of those open lines. I would love to hear from you, especially in the days in which we are living in. Uh, of course, we are in uh, dire times. We are in difficult times. All of our lives have been affected in every way uh, as we continue to have the stay-at-home order here in Colorado and much of the nation. As this is COVID-19 has been spreading and our hearts have been affected, our lives have been affected, and and I just would love to hear from you. Uh, if you need prayer, we want to pray for you, and we want to bless you in any way that we can. Uh, if you have questions, we want to answer those questions or encourage you, give words of comfort to you. So please, uh, let's stay connected. I think it's so important uh, that we do that. And and perhaps uh, you may feel like uh, that. Uh, I don't know if I want to call. Please call in. Um, Call in, because I'm sure that maybe some of the things that you're feeling, a lot of other people are feeling. Or maybe a question that you have that other people have the same question. Or it could be a question that, uh, as we talk about and discuss it and go to God's Word, is going to bring comfort to others. Uh, Maybe perhaps that you want to share with what the Lord has been showing you over the last couple weeks. I know that He's been showing me, quite a bit uh and has been showing me some things that has been beneficial to me and and i'm very thankful for that and perhaps the lord has shown you some things that could be an encouragement to others so grab one of those open lines 303-690-3000 let me know you're here let me know that you're listening let me know that you're doing well i pray that you're all healthy uh, all uh, around colorado as we've been hit hard and and we've been hit hard and, and all along the front range and the whole state and, of course, the whole nation and, and the world is feeling this. And And so I want to be able to uh, just be able to minister in any way that the Lord has for us today. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and there's a dedicated text line as well. Uh, the text line uh, is usually open during the show when we do Calvary Live. Uh, But now uh, they have opened it up 24-7 for you to be able to send a prayer request. And that dedicated text line is 720-336-0897. That is if you want to text at any time uh, during the day or night for a prayer request. uh, Pastors will be taking that at Calvary Church of Aurora and praying for you and ministering to you. But during this hour here on Grace FM, this 4 o'clock hour... Uh, if you text in a question or prayer request, we'll take a look at that, and we will uh, and discuss those things. Uh, but that prayer line is open for you, and we do want to pray for you. We want to bless you. We want to encourage you in any way that we can. So again, welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range, 101.7 down in southern Colorado. Got a lot of good friends down there. Love to hear from you guys. Love to hear how you guys are doing down there. And uh, those down in Colorado Springs and Fountain and and Pueblo West, uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. And, of course, 89.7, that strong signal up here in the metro area, starting really from Castle Rock and over to Parker. And, and then also the Denver metro area, Aurora, uh, up along the Front Range and Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley, up into southern Wyoming. Love to hear from you guys in Wyoming. Uh, give us a call, you in Cheyenne, you in Laramie, uh, 303-690-3000. And also, we'd love to hear from you in uh, in the East Coast as you're listening on Truth FM and... and um, uh, Hope FM, love for you uh, to be able to uh, call in. You two can call, uh, and as you are listening on those stations, you are a week delayed. But I know that our listening area uh, there in the East Coast of Pennsylvania, and New Jersey, and and uh, Maryland, and other parts of the East Coast, you guys have been hit hard too. So give us a call, three zero three six nine zero. 3000 is the number to call. I believe we have all open lines. So, um, love to talk to you. Love to uh, be able to uh, discuss the things that are on your hearts with you as well. Um, I do want to uh, remind you not that you need reminding, uh, but I want to remind you that as Christians, we are in a very special week, aren't we? This is what uh, the church calls Holy Week. It started yesterday with Palm Sunday and it commemorates the time that Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so we looked at that yesterday. Most churches, of course, uh, all around the country are doing uh, online services. And it's, this is unique. This is uh, a time of the year where. Uh, Churches see the crowds coming in, and people are excited, and we get to gather, and pastors add extra services uh, for Resurrection Weekend. I know that uh, we usually have about six services that we had planned for this uh, Holy Week, and uh, so excited about it, but listen, we can still be excited, because uh, we have a risen Savior, and the tomb is empty, and even though the churches, the buildings may be empty, we can rejoice, and we have hope, don't we, because the tomb is empty. So I just want to encourage you that, uh, to continue to minister during this time. I know that uh, usually we invite people to uh, a Resurrection Weekend service or a Good Friday service. More people are open to that at any other time of the year. and and i want to encourage you that you can still invite people to listen to uh, your church online service Uh, you can uh, invite them to uh, listen to those uh, uh, you know messages and uh, i want to encourage you that god still wants to use you and people are open now i think still to hearing the gospel hearing the word of god for two reasons number one because of all the uncertainty. The uncertainty that people are facing, and uh, people are wondering what is going to happen. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen in a week or two weeks as we pray, as Christians we're praying that uh, this COVID-19 will begin to diminish, that it will go away, that the Lord will heal our land, the Lord will heal our state. But we don't know exactly what's going to happen, and it has affected us in so many ways. and it has affected us economically and socially, and uh, you know kids aren 't going to school they 're doing online uh, it is businesses shut down uh, we can 't even go get a haircut uh, when all this is over, every single one of us are going to need to go get a haircut or get our hair done you ladies and and, and that 's the simple things that <coughs> that we did that we don 't have right now and Uh, The uncertainty of what's going to follow in the next weeks and months, we don't know for sure, but we do know this, who holds tomorrow. And that is our Lord. And we do have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I would uh, just encourage you to, as you have opportunity to minister to others, you take the opportunity to invite them to... Uh, listen to an online service. And I know that we want to be careful on gathering people in our homes and stuff. Uh, We got the whole social distancing thing that is going on, but you can give them the live stream address. You can encourage them. I think that you'll be blessed by this message. And it reminds me again, as Paul the Apostle, I mentioned this last week, and I think it's worth reiterating that last week that as we looked at Paul, that he was under house arrest uh, as he's in Rome. And and Paul continued to minister. Uh, Paul couldn't continue traveling. He wasn't establishing churches at that time. He wasn't given sermons uh, at that time. He was under house arrest. He's chained to a Roman guard 24-7. But there were some things that he could do. And one of the things that he did was that he prayed. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. As you read that prison epistle of Philippians in chapter 1, praying for you always. And he would pray for the saints. He prayed for the churches. He prayed for the Christians. And I believe he also prayed for those Roman guards that were chained to him uh, there in that, uh, that, that place where he's under house arrest we know that second of all he wrote letters he wrote letters to the churches we have the prison epistles of philippians but also colossians and ephesians and philemon he also wrote other letters there in uh, that prison house that are not a part of the canon of scripture he wrote we know a letter to the church at laodicea i would have loved to seen that letter because thirty years later jesus wrote a letter that we do have recorded in the scriptures in the book of revelation to the church at laodicea and to that church at that time he says you guys are lukewarm Uh, you guys think that you're rich wealthy have need of nothing but you're poor you're rich you're miserable and uh, he had some very strong words to say to the church at laodicea what the church was like at the time that paul's writing to them we don't know but he mentions writing an epistle to them in the book of colossians but he wrote letters to them and he shared the gospel because in the book of Philippians, he said, those of Caesar's household greet you. Can you imagine being chained to uh, Paul the Apostle you know, 24-7 or a shift of 12 hours a day? Uh, you know that Paul uh, would share the gospel with you. And even though you might feel chained uh, to your home or to your situation, we can still be used of the Lord. And one of the things that really helped me last week, because I'll be real honest with you, I went through times of being down. I went through times of being discouraged over the last couple of weeks. And I think a lot of it was because of when this all started to come about, uh, we as pastors, just as you, uh, had to make some uh, very you know, important decisions. We had to make decisions of going to online services and not having people gather here. We've had to make other decisions as well, and and all of a sudden, everything just kind of stopped. And uh, we don't have people here, and the parking lot is empty. And uh, that was a big change. And you perhaps have gone through a lot of change, maybe with your business, maybe with your job. Uh, maybe uh, whatever other area of your life. We've all gone through that and just trying to sort through it and trying to figure it out. And uh, what is it, Lord, that you're showing me? All these things. And there were times where I, I was discouraged getting up. There were times I was wondering, what can I do? But I believe that last week the Lord really ministered to me, and I hope it ministers to you. That one of the things that I learned from Paul the Apostle, one of the things that I learned from David, is that I'm not going to focus on what I can't do, but I want to focus on what I can do. And I hope that as we go through this, that the Lord we know is still on the throne, and the Lord is still working, and he wants to work through you to be an encouragement and a blessing, Um, and he wants to use you in however way that you can be used. And for me, I'm not going to focus on what I can't do, you know, the crowds aren't going to be here. Um, just, you know, the, the excitement of Resurrection Weekend and Good Friday having people here and even Wednesday night. But I'm going to focus on what I can do, and that is to continue to teach the Word of God, to continue to encourage you over the radio, to continue to write. And, and I have a blog that I've started back up to just be a blessing. And, and the Lord has something for you to do and so focus on that uh be encouraged in that and, and know this that he does want to use you David he couldn't build the temple but David didn't pout about it he didn't murmur and complain about it he began to get ready uh for the preparation of the temple he second chronicles you see how he got the priests all in order and the levites and and the others, and things, and got the materials for the temple. He had it all ready to go, and the design, so that when he died, his son Solomon could build the temple. He he did what he could do, and I want to encourage you that in this week, this Holy Week, there's some things that you can do, and people you, you can talk to, people that you can pray for, and people that you can write a word of encouragement to, and I, I hope that that helps you, and that um, and, uh, you are ministered to in that way. Hey, 303-690-3000, give me a call, but let's go to Philadelphia. Joe's on line one.
1: Hi. Um, my question is about the uh, inerrancy of the scriptures. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there's uh, multiple translations, and even Peter might have had like, a scribe help him with, like, I think, First Peter. Um, but my question about the inerrancy of the scriptures comes from uh, the description of Judas's death. Um, okay. in the Gospels, and then also in the New Testament. I saw one scholar debate another and say that it's impossible to reconcile those two accounts. Um, I wanted to get your take on, on how those can be reconciled and what kind of interpretation we should have.
2: Um, so you're wondering how Judas died, right? The yeah, one
1: describes it somewhat out of sequence, um, and, the, and the Acts describes it another and they can't be uh, from different angles, as we as we can explain in other parts of the Gospels and other elements. We can say, "Hey, it's now together with all the Gospels, we see a better, full picture about this account." But with Judas's death, it's, it's described as they both can't be right at the same time. Uh, There's mutually exclusive. Um, so, I wanted to see if uh, what your interpretation was of that, and implications, and how we should uh, yeah. interpret that.
2: You know, the Bible um, you know, will give sometimes an account of an event, but it doesn't give all the details. And, and another writer, uh, of course, all of Scripture, I believe, is inspired by God uh, because Paul tells Timothy that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and uh, that means from Genesis to Revelation. So I, I believe that as you look at Matthew's account, Matthew says that Judas died by hanging, um, and uh, as Judas, he betrayed the Lord, and, and just a little bit of review that I'm giving for the sake of our listeners, threw the money into the temple and, and left, um, and he went away and he hung himself. And as uh, the p- chief priest picked it up, they, the coins that he threw, um, he, uh, the chief priest, what he did is he decided to uh, use the money to buy a potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That's what they used it for. So as you go through that, um, as uh, that field was called the field of blood, uh, Matthew chapter 27, Luke says that Judas fell into a field and that his body was ruptured. Um, in the account in Acts, I believe, that it says that, um, that Judas bought a field, there he fell headlong, his body burst open and his testines spilled out. So you got a little bit of a different kind of um, account that's going on. Concerning how Judas died, I think there to me really it's a simple reconciliation of the facts. Judas hung himself in the potter's field. That's from Matthew chapter twenty seven. Uh, after his body had begun to decay and bloat, the the rope broke, um, the branch of the tree that he was using broke, and the body fell, bursting open You know, his intestines out in the potter's field, and that is the account that Acts gives to us. So he hung himself. uh, The branch would break. He would fall. His intestines burst open, and I think that's really about the simple reconciliation that I come up with when I read it.
1: It It's more like the length in time caused the other elements to happen. Yeah. The first thing, and, the, the yeah, and,
2: and yeah, exactly. And one of the things that you see uh, when you go through scriptures, like when you go through this week, when we look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's different accounts. Um, there's there's different accounts of the resurrection. You can put it all together as you bring all four gospels together, but they don't explain everything exactly the same. Uh, John focuses on Mary Magdalene coming back and, uh, you know, supposing that she saw the gardener, but it was Jesus. The other gospels don't. So I think that the Bible. Um, when it gives you know, accounts, sometimes one gospel writer or one writer of the Bible, of the book, will give one portion of the account, and then the other writer will give another portion. And I think he can reconcile the death of Judas. He hung himself, the branch broke, he died, fell in the field, the potter's field, the field of death, and, uh, and his intestines broke open. So I don't think it's a difficult reconciliation at all.
1: I was glad to hear because the, the debate I was watching, it seemed like uh, the the Christian scholar was was uh, kind of not outmatched, but he seemed he even admitted that his interpretation was being gracious to the text, and I thought it was kind of odd because, uh, uh, yeah, it just he seemed like almost like he had him in checkmate. So I was curious what if I was missing something with the text and the differences, but uh, I guess not. Yeah.
2: And, you know, there's that debate in things, and, you know, people like to say, well, the Bible, there's contradictions. There isn't contradictions. I think there's one part of the story will complement the other writer's story, and you can put them together. And uh, so I think it's easy to reconcile, and and for me it is. So, and, I, you know, I believe, here's the thing, I believe that all of Scripture is inspired by God, because you brought up about the inerrancy of of the scriptures, yeah. right, yeah. and that's a very important f- verse for us uh, mm-hmm. to understand because um, as we look at that, uh, um, you know, inspired it is God breathe. So you have the three ends. You have the inspired word of God, which means it has to be inerrant. If it is God breathe, I mean, it comes from heaven. Put to the page, as God, you know, spoke through men as peter writes uh as the holy spirit moved them to write those words down then if it's coming from god then it is inerrant and it is infallible it, it is absolutely correct it is perfect uh it's not wrong so that's really important for us as christians to be settled in that that from genesis 1 1 to revelation 22 it is the inherent infallible inspired word of god that is given to us and that means we can trust it and that means that it is true for us and that it is perfect and and we can look at it and it is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness
1: awesome Sound thanks thanks good so
2: much. thank you hey thanks for calling appreciate it. how are you guys doing out there in philadelphia
1: uh we're hanging in there as you can imagine um just trying to stay uh cooped up in the houses and uh trying to make sure these kids uh, are staying active as much as they can in time. There's uh, there's limited (laughs) things they can do outside, so hanging in there. Thank
2: God. Can I I pray for you, Joe?
1: Please do. Thank you.
2: Father, I pray for Joe as he's called from Philadelphia, and I know parts of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and on the East Coast uh, have been hit hard like we have here in Colorado. And Lord, as as we have the stay-at-home order given to much of the country, Um, As I can hear uh, young ones in Joe's house, I pray for protection upon his home, upon his uh, family, that you would help him to to minister to his children, uh, that you would just uh, bless and and be with those out on the East Coast that have really been hit hard. And we just pray for them. We pray for your hand to be upon them. We pray that, again, for healing upon uh, this whole nation. And uh, that you would work and that you would strengthen and guide and direct in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thanks so much. Appreciate
2: it. You bet. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, good question. We're here to answer your questions. If you have some questions, we'd love to be able to do that. Maybe you got some questions as it is Holy Week. As uh, Holy Week, as I said, it begins with. Uh, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Uh, Then uh, usually what churches would have services, they would have uh, uh, what was called a mundane Thursday looking at the upper room and Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Good Friday, looking at the account of the crucifixion of Jesus and then leading to Resurrection Weekend at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Maybe you got a question on that. Uh, Maybe you just need encouragement in any way. We'd love to talk to you. We have all open lines. Let me know that you're out there. Let me know that you're listening. And love to talk to you and answer your questions and pray with you as well. You know, we were talking to Joe out at Philadelphia, and the East Coast has been hit hard. Uh, in New York and New Jersey, it's been a hot spot. And uh, I know that there are those of you that are listening on the East Coast. We are praying for you. Those in New Jersey, uh, we are praying uh, for the whole nation. And here in Colorado, uh, we are to continue to pray. So, Christians, let's let's pray. Let's. Uh, keep um, calling out to the Lord. I know up here in Weld County, we have been hit hard in Weld County. Matter of fact, uh, the latest stats that I have looked at, and I know there's all kinds of numbers that are out there, but we have the second highest death from coronavirus than, um, you know, know, all the other counties, one other County, El Paso County has more deaths, but we have the second, uh, you know, largest number and every death is tragic and and that affects somebody's family Um, it affects somebody's you know um, their friends Um, it is tragic but we have been hit hard up here as well in a number of cases and our population is lower so uh, we are praying and we're praying uh, for our state and for our nation and, and praying for this situation that has affected the whole world and uh, we're going to continue to keep praying. Maybe you need prayer, and we'd love to pray with you and minister to you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call here on Calvary Live. Uh, My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon. Just sharing with you, praying with you, uh, ministering to you every way that we can. There is a text line uh, that you can use twenty four seven as uh, it is open for prayer requests. and the pastors at Calvary Church will be looking at that, but during this hour uh till uh, five o'clock here in Colorado that uh, as you text in a question or a prayer request we'll certainly look at that and we're getting ready to go to the break, but grab one of those open lines let's talk about the things of the lord and i uh, I know that uh, everyone is pretty much kind of out of their routine. Uh, but maybe calling the show is a new routine for you maybe calling and asking for prayer love to talk to you as we talk about the things of the lord 303-690-3000 and in the text line 720-336-0897 i i just want to say before we go to break that we're continuing to do live stream services here at calvary greeley and uh, yesterday, we, we looked at the triumphal entry, and I tied it in with Psalm 63. And I would encourage you to um, you know listen to that teaching. I think it's a great encouragement. And uh, as David is out in the wilderness in uncertain times, and he's crying out, Lord, I long for you. And uh, it, it was something that the Lord just really put on my heart. And there's a question that have come in the text line that we're going to talk about after the break but in the text line um, somebody was asking pastor i'm discouraged and how can i leave my family during this time i know i'm not alone in this any scripture would help please and we're going to talk about that when we come back but we do have open lines 303-690-3000 give me a call we'll be right back after the break
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those two numbers that you can be a part of the show. We want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here and I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you, answer your questions, and encourage you in any way that we can. So let me know that you're listening. 303 690 3000. Got a couple open lines. And also, we're taking uh, prayer requests and, and questions on the dedicated text line, which is 720 And so we're going to look at some of those. Matter of fact, we we're about ready to answer a question, a very important question that somebody had texted in. But first I want to go to Rose, uh, who is on line one from Colorado Springs. Hi, Rose.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you guys down in Colorado Springs?
1: Uh, We're doing good. We're hanging in there. So one day at a time.
2: One day at a time, hanging on to the Lord, right?
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Yeah. So what do you got for me today?
1: Um, I would just really like um, prayer for the housekeeping department um, at Evans Army Hospital. There's um, about 83 employees, and so far we've been blessed that nobody's um, gotten sick, but they're doing a lot of terminal cleans. They're uh, working really hard to make sure that everybody, the staff and patients, um, are safe.
2: Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, I want to say, Rose, thank you so much for you guys being there. Um, and not, you know, the medical staff, the doctors, the nurses, but all the support. You guys are there, those who are working in nursing homes. And we're going to pray for you specifically in, um, down in Fort Carson area. You know, I'm from those, that area. Um, I lived many years over in the Whitefield area and my mom worked at Fort Carson for many, many years. She retired. She was in food services there. And uh, so we got a heart for those at Fort Carson. We've had, um, you know, young men and women that uh, were stationed there. And so certainly we're going to pray for you, Rose. I appreciate you calling. So, Father, I just pray that uh, as Rose is calling uh, from Colorado Springs, the um, I'm thankful that uh, for the hospital down there at Fort Carson. I thank you for the military personnel that are there uh, that are serving our nation, Uh, that are um, serving our nation in an honorable way, in a very wonderful way. And Lord, I thank you for the staff at Evans Army Hospital, uh, the doctors, the nurses, the support staff. And I want to pray for Rose and all those in the housekeeping department that are there, that are helping in very vital ways and services, that you would protect them that you would keep them safe, that you would strengthen their hearts, that you would bless them in every way. And Lord, I pray for all the staff. Um, I thank you so much um, for uh, the the medical community uh, all across the state and across this nation that are on the front lines. And that includes those that are in support. That includes those that are are helping out in, in different ways. We pray for your protection upon them, your strength upon them. Strengthen them during this time because I know they're tired. And they go in and they are, uh, you know, risking their own health uh, in every way. And I just pray for Rose and the Army Hospital there, for all the hospitals here in Colorado and across the nation, for you, Lord, to work and put a hedge of protection around. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rose. God bless Thank you. you. Thank
1: you. Bye-bye.
2: Very appreciative of you guys that are working in the medical field. Those of you who are working in, in nursing homes, those of you who are working in senior um, centers, those of you who are working in our grocery stores that are stocking the shelves, those of you who are making deliveries, those of you who are truck drivers, We are so appreciative of you, Um, and we thank you for your service for us. Uh, I'm thankful for um, just everyone who's pulling together during this time, and I am also very thankful for the church. And may we just continue to be praying for all those who are being uh, used in these uh, essential areas uh, that uh, perhaps before uh, we were thankful, but... uh, perhaps that uh, we need to um, just be reminded how important their work is, especially today. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your service. We are praying for you, and we will continue to pray for you and for your safety. And and um, just very grateful for the first responders, for those in law enforcement, those who are firefighters, those who are paramedics. As you continue to serve our community, we're very grateful Uh, for your service as well so thank you very much continue to pray for them Uh, we do have all open lines i believe 303-690-3000 maybe you got a prayer request maybe you need prayer for your family or whatever uh, the case may be Uh, the text line is 720-336-0897 i was about ready to answer a text question that came in and i think it was a really important text question let me read it to you again and and, uh, Pastor, I'm discouraged, and how can I leave my family during this time? I know I'm not alone in this. Any scripture would help, please. And I think that is something that perhaps maybe people are wrestling a little bit with because we wonder what can we do. And, and one of the things I said at the beginning of the show, that what the Lord has shown me is uh, not to focus on what I can't do, but I want to focus on what I can do. And there are all things uh, that we can do. A couple things that come to mind on this very specific thing about our homes and leading our homes. Uh, Yesterday when I was teaching, uh, one of the things that the Lord really pressed on my heart, as David is out in the wilderness in Psalm 63, he's away from his home. Uh, We have gone over the last few weeks. I've done a series, uh, Comfort from the Psalms, ever since we have been doing online services And the Psalms really bring comfort. The Psalms really minister to me, especially in times of difficulty, in times where I'm discouraged. And in this triology of Psalms that we went over, Psalm 61, then Psalm 62, Psalm 63, David is out in the wilderness. He has to flee Jerusalem because his son Absalom had usurped the throne away from him. The hearts of the men of Israel turn towards Absalom as you read those chapters in 2 Samuel chapter 15-18. through And David has to flee Jerusalem. He doesn't want there to be bloodshed in Jerusalem. So he leaves his palace. He crosses the Kidron Valley. And over the Mount of Olives, it tells us, with his head covered, and he's weeping. And he's out in the wilderness, out in that area that he spent the prime of his life in when Saul was pursuing him. And here is David. He's an older man. He's out there in the wilderness once again. And he begins to cry out to the Lord. In Psalm 61, he cries out to the Lord. Uh, He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He, He is overwhelmed. He doesn't know if he's going to return to Jerusalem to sit on the throne again. He doesn't know if he's going to be restored to the kingdom. He doesn't know if he's going to be killed. He doesn't know if what's going to happen with his son Absalom, whom he loved. There is so much uncertainty. And as he's out there in that wilderness, he says, Lord, I cry out to you, and I need a place of stability. And lead me to the rock that is higher than than I. And, of course, during this time that we, as we come to the end of, you know, what it seems like, I'm in the wilderness or the end of my world, uh, we can cry out to the Lord. Always remember that. And He is our stability. He is our place of strength. And He says, I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Lord. You're my confidence. And then in Psalm 62 that we looked at the next week, that David goes from crying out to the Lord to waiting on the Lord. And he's in that place of waiting, not knowing what's going to happen the next day, what his future holds. He says, that if the Lord delights in me, then I'll return to Jerusalem. But if not, he'll deal with me as he sees just. And he says that my soul silently waits for God. And he goes on, my soul waits silently for God, for my hope is from him, and he is my rock and my salvation, my defense. And and so he is in a place of waiting, like many of us are in a place of waiting. It is a place of waiting on the Lord, and waiting on the Lord is not an easy thing, uh, always spiritually, because we live in an instant world. We live in a world where we have our routines, and I know I do as well. But this has been a time where where the Lord has really reiterated to me that that Jeff, wait on me, and He promises in His Word. That as we wait on Him, after going to Him, and calling out to Him, and then waiting on Him. And listen, waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that He's ignoring you. It doesn't mean that He's denying you. It doesn't mean that He doesn't care about you. It means that He's working. And He desires to speak to our heart. And I know He's spoken to my heart, because uh, usually my day is very busy, and there's a lot of Voices, and there's a lot of things going on. But in this time where it's more quiet, just hearing from the Lord, and he wants to speak to me some things that otherwise that I wasn't hearing or things that I need to know now. And as we go to him and as we wait on him, he promises he'll be good to those who wait on him. He promises in his word he'll be gracious to those who wait on him. And then thirdly, he promises that we will hear from him. And as he's waiting on the Lord, he knows that his hope is from the Lord. And that's where our hope is as well. That's the message of this week and Holy Week. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for our sins, and he rose again from the grave. And then in Psalm 63 that we went over on Sunday, he is longing for the Lord. He He's saying that, Lord, early will I seek you. And my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. Where there is no water so i've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory so here is is david in this dry wilderness the wilderness of judah and he's saying lord you are my god and early will i seek you there are times where i didn't feel like seeking the lord there are times where i didn't feel like getting up but this psalm really speaks to me and david doesn't say i want to go back and sit on the throne lord i want my power back I want things the way that they were. He says, the one thing that my soul wants is I want you, Lord. And my flesh longs for you. And and I want to be refreshed by you, Lord. And, And I learned from that. That really has spoken to me. And I pray that it speaks to you as well. Because maybe you're feeling dry. And you're feeling in the wilderness. You're feeling that you're in a desert right now. And I want you to know that you call out to the Lord, and as you wait on the Lord, the Lord is going to honor that. And I pray that all of us in this time, that all of us are going through this worldwide pandemic, that we would long for the Lord more, to be refreshed by you, Lord. And it reminded me of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And we know the story, don't we? That as he made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, that the people were waving the palm branches. It says a large multitude came up from the Jordan Valley up to the Mount of Olives with Jesus. And then uh, those in the city, Matthew says that the whole city was moved and they came out to meet Jesus. That word moved in the Greek, it speaks of uh, uh, the same word where we get our English word, earthquake. I mean, this was a happening thing. And people are cheering. They're waving the palm branches. They're crying out that messianic, messianic psalm. Uh, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes, the King of Israel. And we know that as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the people were cheering. But Jesus was crying. He was weeping. Because he knew that they were only looking to him to be a political material, national Messiah. Hey, we want you to overthrow Rome. We want you to do away with these Roman soldiers, the Roman authorities. We want you to establish us, our political world, our material world. And listen, I know that we are praying that, Lord, help me economically, help my business. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. Those are real you things. Know, things and problems and stress that we feel and i don't want to make light of that but i want you to know this that jesus came into jerusalem to provide the greatest need and that is to be free from the bondage of sin not from the bondage of rome And he went to a cross to die for his sins. And when the people realized, after they were cheering, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Luke's gospel records uniquely that they were expecting the kingdom of God to immediately be ushered in, that when they realized that he's not going to do it at that time, that they cry out, crucify him. We will not have this man rule over us. And Jesus went to deliver us from the greatest bondage and problem that every man and every woman has, and that is uh, the problem of sin, the penalty of sin, that has come death and sin to all men because because of sin, uh, because of, of our sin nature, and the wages of sin is death. And we have truly now been delivered from death and from sin, and we have a living hope because that tomb is empty. And so as Jesus came in, first of all, uh, as he's saying, I long for you, that you continue to call out to him, continue to wait on him, and allow the Lord to to minister to your heart. He's going to show up. And, and then I noticed this, that he says, I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And one of the things that, that you know, we say that, um, and it's true, uh, as we say that, The church is not a building, and it's not. The church is us, the people. But I do miss seeing the people in this building, this little building that God gave to us, this building that we dedicated to the Lord, to see the sanctuary that is full, uh, four services a week, Bible studies going on during the week. And, And I've seen God's power here at Calvary Greeley, that people have gotten saved dedicated their life to the Lord, come to salvation. They've rededicated their lives to the Lord. I've seen people growing in the Word of God for the first time. Uh, we, we've seen uh, marriages be healed. Um, God work in so many ways, and it's glorious to see that. But I want to encourage you, and going back to the question, how can I leave my family? That the Lord wants to work in your home, which is now a sanctuary. Our homes should always be a sanctuary. And the power that works in the church here is the same power that's going to work in your church, in your home. As fathers, as you minister to your children, that as you lead your children in prayer, as you gather around and you you listen to online services, that the, the Lord wants to work and realize that. That there, there's power in a sanctuary. He wants to draw you all closer to himself and I know that that can be hard when you're discouraged or down or or wondering or anxious or fretting or full of fear but allow the Lord to minister to you he still wants to work and so that's a key knowing that he wants to work and then the second thing I think that comes to mind as I ponder that question how can I lead my family how can I you know uh, be encouraged in doing that that when Moses in chapter thirty two of the book of Exodus, I think about how the children of Israel were, you know, sinning. They had danced around the golden calf, committed all kinds of sin and fornication. And and so the Lord says, Moses, your people have sinned a great sin. And Moses goes down from the mountain as he was up on the mountain of God when all that was taking place. He deals with the people, he deals with Aaron, he goes right back up on the mountain. And he begins to intercede on behalf of the people. He said, all these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sins, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written, which is really an amazing statement that Moses makes. It shows the heart, the shepherd heart that Moses had. He said, Lord, oh, you know, that... If forgive them, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. And the Lord said, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. I'll deal with those who sin against me, Moses. But then he says something very important that I hope is an encouragement to you who are listening. He says, now therefore go and lead the people to the place which I've spoken to you. And I think that's a real key. For you to be able to lead those just as Moses was leading a whole nation. But as we lead those in our lives, and our families, and our children, it's very important that lead the people to the place which I have spoken to you. It's awfully hard to lead when the Lord hasn't spoken to you. And so allow the Lord to speak to your heart, again, drawing close to Him, going to Him, longing for Him, even in that dry and thirsty land that you were in, even in the barrenness and the desert experience that you're going through right now, even in those times where you feel downcast. You know, David was a very emotional man, and he expressed those emotions. And he said, oh, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? And, and, but he would get his heart and his mind back on the Lord, and he would begin to, to praise the Lord. And even when it's hard and difficult, we have reason to praise Him, don't we? But allow Him to speak to you, so that you can lead others. Lord, I want to lead my family, and I want to lead them to the place that You have spoken to me—the truth of God's word. And as we, you know, consider these things, as we look at, um, you know, these these difficult days that we are in, you know, David goes on to say in Psalm 63 that. Lord, uh, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. And so as I look at that, I want to praise you, Lord, with joyful lips. Again, there have been times over the last couple of weeks that I've had complaining lips. I've had murmuring lips. I've had pouty lips. But Lord, bring me to the place where I have joyful lips. And i believe that the lord wants to work that joy unspeakable in your heart even in days like this because you see joy is much richer and deeper than happiness you know before all this came about there was you know a lot of messages in the church or certain circles of the church of god just wants you to be happy god wants you to be happy um i'm all for happiness folks but God wants to give us something that is much richer and deeper than happiness. You see, happiness is dependent upon circumstances. But joy, we can have joy even in the midst of difficulties. Joy is just that, that sense of calm and peace and assurance that, Lord, you love me and you're working in my life. And I know that, that you're going to see me through, that you haven't left me, that you're with me. And lord that you're going to work in this situation and and i can stand in you know on your promises i can rest in your love that's what joy is and the lord desires for us to have that joy unspeakable and a peace that passes understanding and of course it was paul when he was under house arrest writing those prison epistles He would say, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And in those times that we are anxious, that we can go to the Lord, give him your supplications, Lord, I need help. Lord, uh, please um, provide for us. Lord, keep us healthy. We can go to him, and we can go to him with thanksgiving. And the Lord desires to minister to us and give us a peace that passes understanding. And, you know, um, we're in a time where we don't have a lot of understanding, do we? I don't understand why this came. I don't understand everything that's has taken place. I'm still trying to sort through it. I don't understand... Um, You know how we can just all of a sudden in a short time within a month that everything seems to be kind of falling apart economically and and socially and uh, and all these different things that we're wondering about but you see i'm not going to lean on my own understanding and you know the promise of proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 that trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. We're not to lean on our own understanding. And when we are confronted with the things that we don't understand, fall back on the things that you do understand. And that is the promises of the Lord. And we understand this, that the tomb is empty. One of the things, kind of a little preview for the message that I'm going to give for Easter, and it really stood out with me, um, just you know, praying about it and and going over um, the the Easter story again, or that, that resurrection Sunday, the first day of the week, that f- when the tomb was empty and discovered. We're all familiar with the four accounts in the Gospels. But one of the things that really stood out to me this time was when Mary Magdalene in John's Gospel is recorded that she came to the tomb very early when it was still dark and a key for you and for me during this time that in the dark times that we're in we got to keep going to the tomb we got to keep going to the tomb and seeing that it is empty and that is our hope as peter it tells how him and john would run to the tomb and and uh, as uh, they heard that uh, the body of jesus is not there it's gone and they ran to check it out and john gets there first and he kind of looks in The tomb and and he sees the the burial uh cloth that's there and and uh that jesus was put in that it's just there like a cocoon but the body's gone and then peter it says comes barreling in and he goes into the tomb and he sees it but you you know peter later on would write that we have now a living hope that comes through the resurrection of jesus christ and we have a living hope folks And it is the hope. You know, Jeremiah, we went over last week, and Jeremiah was prophesying during a time that it was very, very difficult. And he refers to the Lord as the hope of Israel. And he is our hope. And he is our living hope. Listen, it's not a dead hope. And we have opportunity to share that with others, to be able to give that message that the tomb is empty, that that he's alive and that he is going to keep his promises, and we have a glorious future, and that is heaven that is coming. Heaven for us, and we're forgiven people, and we have right relationship with the Father. We have not the spirit of fear, the Scripture says, but the spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, and he sees you, and we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And I hope that's an encouragement to you. Oh, so much more that I want to say, but we're going to end here in prayer as we end the show. As Father, I just pray that you bring comfort to your people. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them. And I pray that you would just help us to understand and to to really more than um, ever before sense your presence and to know that we have that living hope because the tomb is empty. And to have that peace that passes understanding that as we go to you, that we can give our supplications to you with thanksgiving and not be anxious. And Lord, that our hearts would be refreshed and renewed by going to you even in this desert time. I pray that you would protect everyone. I pray that you would bless those who are out that are serving our communities and serving those who are sick. And I pray, Lord, that um, the gospel message would be a light Um, and would be um, the essential message that we give to others around us during this time and, and even after Resurrection Weekend, that, Lord, that you would speak to us as we lead our families, as we minister to others. And, Lord, not focus on what we can't do, but focus on what we can do. And, Lord, praying for others, giving truth to others, blessing others. So, Lord, show yourself strong on our behalf. I pray you bless everyone that is listening. Bless the pastors as they're preparing for messages for Holy Week and for Resurrection Weekend. And I thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. Hey, be healthy. Keep praying. The Lord loves you. and We'll talk to you next time.